Dear Heavenly Father, today give us a hearty portion of the everlasting and life-giving bread, refreshing and stirring considerations about the great salvation that you have wrought through your Son for your namesake. Lord, we confess that you are the, you're the only one in whom we adore and find peace and assurance and hope and satisfaction. Lord, as we draw close to you today, remember your promise to draw close to us. Tune our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to see the truth and to, to widen the boundaries of our understanding. Lord, set us free from hindering influences and distractions and things of no profit and fill us with power to be effective in your kingdom work. Lord, we extol your name and we give, we give you the praise and honor that you are due. Lord, sanctify this time now and give us wisdom to discern the truth and a desire to know your will and utterance for the profit of all, for your glory, for your son's honor. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Over the past few Bible class discussions, we've had the opportunity to explore things that are foundational, things that are essential to our salvation. We talked about faith and the necessity of it. You know, the scriptures say that just shall live by faith, Hebrews 10.38. And whatever is not of faith is sin, yes. Romans 14.23. And faith is counted for righteousness. If you're going to be in a right standing with God, you're going to have to have faith. Yes. And we talked about believing, which is something that faith does. It's something that's connected to faith. It's something that proceeds from faith. The scriptures say that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Yes. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Yes. So that this is... It's very important that this believing thing is a very important thing to our salvation. It says that the unbelieving shall have their part in the lake with burnet with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So it's, it's pretty necessary that we understand these things. And that's exactly what we spoke about in our last class. What it is to understand, having an understanding you can see that salvation is rightly called a great salvation. Yeah. It, not only is God saving sinners who were at a great distance from him, but you see all the different means that he's employed in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Salvation, therefore, it isn't a simple matter. That's right. The heavens and the earth were created in six days. Mm -hmm. But salvation has involved God working for the past 6,000 years, just to give you an idea. In other words, it took more to save you than it did to create the worlds. Mm -hmm. yeah. Today we're going to discuss what the scriptures say about hope and what that plays, what role that plays in our salvation. And, and, and what exactly is, how exactly is hope connected to our salvation? Well, in Romans 8, 24, it says that we are saved by hope. Amen. I would say that's a pretty important role yes. that hope plays in our salvation. Mm -hmm. If you don't have hope, yeah. you won't be saved. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
The word hope is used 133 times in the King James Bible. And we're, what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next 30 minutes expounding on what hope is, what it produces, what its function is, how to recognize it in yourself, and by faith increase it. Now, when we say hope, it isn't just, it, it's just like when we say faith or love in that it's a spiritual word. This is a spiritual word. It, it isn't defined by the world. This isn't a term that's, that's defined like in a lexicon or a dictionary. This, is, this, this consideration of hope is a, it's, it's a divine consideration that's brought to us by the Holy Spirit. When we say hope, it doesn't mean like wishful thinking. The world uses, uses the word hope this way. Well, I hope we don't get any more rain next week. I hope you, you really didn't mean to do that. Although the scriptures do use the word hope in this way. Like when Felix hoped that Paul would give him money for his release in Acts twenty four twenty six, Or when Paul told the Philippians that he hoped to send Timothy to them. So it's, it's not like to use the word hope in that fashion is necessarily wrong. It's just that's not what we're talking about today in this consideration of hope. How God would have us consider this word. And there's also a false hope in our day who is entertained by those who say, for instance, trust in politicians or men who trust in science or trust in something outside of God. There's like a false hope that they possess, which is really no hope at all. Religious pretenders can also be filled with a a false persuasion concerning their end. Job said, The paths of all that forget God and the hypocrite's hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off. That's in Job 8.12. See, that's not the kind of hope that we're talking about today here. There is a a similarity that you brought out in that what a man hopes for Mm -hmm. will actually direct what he does and how he does it. Amen. You know, everybody that enters a race, uh, unless, you know, they already know that they're not going to, but if they have hope that they would win, they really throw themselves into it. They prepare for it. They, they modify everything about themselves to conform to apprehending that which they hope for. Amen. There's a... So... It, People do. They they are constrained by their hopes. Now, yes. Like you said, there can be a false hope. You can mm-hmm. be deceived, in which case your hope is going to fail. And we have we have an, an anchor. We have Amen. a more sure word of prophecy. We have a Savior who is actively bringing us to God. So we have things that accompany our hope. Amen. And hope maketh not ashamed. We're not going to be frustrated in our hope when we hope in God. Yeah. But uh, these these others are just it's it's like the principle of hope yeah. can be found in other things, but not the the absolute certainty of the hope. Yes. They, you can't hope in things that That's pass right. away. That's and right. Have a certain end. 
Mm -hmm. Amen. Brother Robert. Yeah, in Philippians 1.20, both of these are brought together. It says, Paul's talking about his earnest expectation yes. and hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. So see, that's both parts uh, brought together. Hope, Paul is, is hoping in God that he'll allow him to visit them. But mm -hmm. see, he also has an earnest expectation. He, he himself wants to be there. Now, that's, that's both, both parts. You know, that when you're in agreement right. like this with Amen. God then see, you, you're, you're standing on good ground, right? Amen. Amen. Brother David. You, you mentioned in Job 8, 13, sore the past of all that forget God and the hypocrites, hope, shall perish. Mm -hmm. and, uh, also in the book of Job, chapter 27, mm -hmm. verse 8, it says, uh, What is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul? This hope yes. that we're talking about is a hope that will save our soul. And That's God right. Will, that will bring us to Him, but the hope of the hypocrite will lead to His destruction. That's right. That's right. Because God isn't in it. God isn't in that kind of a hope. But we have the, the hope that we have. God is at the center of that hope. It won't be taken away. So when we say hope, we aren't talking about like a stab in the dark. Right. We aren't talking about man's hope. There isn't any uncertainty in this hope. It's full of, like what Brother Robert said, eager anticipation and expectation and a certainty. And it, it, we live in this. We live in this certainty. It's a, because of that, this hope, it, it's not a disappointing hope. Nobody who has this kind of hope is going to be disappointed. Uh, Romans 5 5 says hope maketh not ashamed which uh, in the New King James it says hope does not disappoint yeah. that's in Romans 5 5 no one who hopes in God is going to regret that Amen. decision Amen. it's not a lifeless hope like I said we live in this hope it's a living hope it's part of it's, this is part of our life in Christ 1 Peter 1, 3-5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. See, that's that living hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Just what exactly is this hope? In simple terms, it's a persuasion of the things that God has declared coming to pass exactly as he said it. It's, it, it. It wars against discouragement. It equips you to run with endurance. See, Paul said, run that you might obtain. See, he was speaking to that, to that hope. Amen. It equips you to endure suffering and hardship by looking to the end of the suffering and not to the current circumstance. It's no different than the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, where it is written, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. See that, that it, there was an enduring aspect to the hope that he had, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, that that's the, the, the end of 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 the end of the cross was his consideration. Yeah. 
Sister Jean. That's an important point. We just hope that we are talking about the the one that uh, Scripture is talking about here was not self-generated. It was right. said of all of us mm -hmm. that we were without hope and without God in the world. That's our starting point. Mm -hmm. We were without hope. That's right. And so we were made to hope in God by the working of the Father mm -hmm. and the testimony of Christ, His His Word. I mean, He's done all of these things to give us occasion to hope. Mm -hmm. And Jesus had received a commandment from His Father to lay His life down and to take it back up again. So He believed the Father. Amen. All right. It's whenever we believe what God has told us, Amen. what He's written, the 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 testimony of those that that were given to make a record of these things for us, we are given to hope. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Hope is not estranged from believing. It's not estranged from faith. It's not estranged from love. These things are all interconnected. They're all... You can tell when somebody has the hope we're talking about whenever their focus is God. Amen. Now, if their focus is something else, then they're hoping in something else. Amen. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Here we see that joy is directly connected to hope. We are not just, just hoping to exist in heaven. Yeah. We're not looking at the end of our faith as we're going to get into heaven. There's a joy that's associated with that. There's a peace that's associated with that. There's a, it's, it's very real. It's very tangible. It. A person who abounds in hope also abounds in joy and peace. When we consider the things of God and, and obtain things from him that increase our joy and peace, it invariably then increases our hope. This is why Paul prayed this in Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope, that's who, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's good news to know that the one who is doing the filling is called the God of hope. Therefore, a person who is acquainted with this God of hope is also persuaded of what he said. And there's a confidence there's a confidence that's produced in knowing God. It's like what Sister June said. When God is the focus, when he's the primary focus, there's hope. Paul said this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. Perform it into the day. That's the end. Yeah. Philippians 1.6. Perform it until the day. Why was he persuaded of that? Because he knew the God of hope. Mm -hmm. He was acquainted with the God of hope. Amen. And in turn, Paul says that it's a, that word directly feeds a person's hope. That God that started a work in you is going to finish that Amen. work. Mm -hmm. Do you have per, that persuasion too? Mm -hmm. 
are you are you living? I'm talking about living in that persuasion. Yeah. It says that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Are you living in that kind of a persuasion? Well, that's hope. Sister June. Uh, it was it was said that hope is the forward stance of faith. Amen. You hope for what you believe. Amen. And you you believe what you you hope for. It, it's a connection. Hope is our connection to what shall be. And we're not going to be frustrated in it. If you, uh, we're not making it up. That's what what we're saying here. We're not pretending. We're not making it up. We're believing the truth, and that connects us and, and creates in us this hope of things yet unseen. Mm-hmm. That's the whole. That's the whole nature of faith. Mm-hmm. We are standing in what people cannot see. Mm-hmm. We know it. Because we've received it. Yeah. And they can see it if, if they can recognize it. It's there mm-hmm. in front of them if they can recognize it. Because mm-hmm. the working of faith changes a person, inwardly and outwardly. Mm-hmm. But they don't always associate that with the truth. Uh-huh. So they can be, like in the days of Jesus' flesh, be looking right at the truth and not recognize it. But that didn't change the fact that it was the truth. Mm-hmm. So we know these things to be true. Amen. We we are participating in it. Mm-hmm. Amen. In our inward part, mm-hmm. in our outward part. Mm-hmm. But because we are, uh-huh. we're connected by hope to those things that are yet to come. Amen. By the same faith mm-hmm. that what we're doing now is connected to <laughs> its faith. It's Amen. Faith. Amen. Amen. Brother Robert. Yeah, these um you know, we're not believing in ethereal or abstract things. Yes. In uh, Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime mm-hmm. yeah. were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Yes. You can't have this kind of hope and be ignorant of what God's already done Amen. and what He is doing now and what He is going to do in the ages to come. See, he, He's revealed... What he has revealed in order that it might produce hope in you, anticipation. In other words, you believe it so much, you actually believe you're going to receive what God's promised. That's hope. And hope's closest kin is confidence. It will produce a confidence to where when you're uh, confronted with a, a, a choice, hope defers to what God said, not what man says or what the situation appears to be saying, I mean, you can hope even though it looks like you're going to leave this world, looks like they're going to kill you, but you can still hope in God, right? They can't take away hope. It's real. See, Jesus did that with his disciples. Uh-huh. Remember, he told them that he was going to go away. Uh-huh. And he says, and if I go away, I will come again That's and right. receive you unto myself. Uh-huh. See, he he, and they they proceeded in that that truth that they weren't going to be abandoned that even if he went away he was still coming back and he was coming back for them amen so he gave them hope the words of Jesus are filled with promises of hope mm-hmm. yeah. a- amen amen 
And this, this forward stance of our faith, it's also recorded here in Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. See, that, that, that's the hope. Then the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Mm-hmm. A person who is hoping in God has that respect mm-hmm. unto the recompense of the reward. See, one of Satan's tactics is to get you focused on the here and now mm-hmm. and not the there and then. Yeah. What you do now in light of what will happen then. It says... And Moses indeed was, a, was faithful in all his house as a servant. Amen. For a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. See, re, you see the rejoicing of the hope? See the joy that's connected in there? Firm to the end. Confidence, rejoicing. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope. Mm-hmm. See, let us hold both of those things firm to the end. Yeah, that's right. See, we're saved by hope. Amen. We can do this mm-hmm. because Christ is in us. Yeah. The one who is faithful in all of his house. Jesus has risen from the dead. Yeah. And the same power that rose Christ from the dead is in us. Mm-hmm. If Jesus ascended into heaven and was glorified then we know shall, we shall be like him. Mm-hmm. We shall be glorified. It says this in Colossians 1.27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our hope. Is that hope in you? Is the hope that one day you're going to see him as he is, that you're going to be glorified. Is that hope in you? Well, then you'll purify your, yourself, even as he is pure. You will. You'll do it. 1 John 3, 3. Chapter 1. Behold, chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Yeah. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. So this is a mystery to people who are without. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. See, that it will constrain you to be more like God. Amen. It will constrain you to draw near to God. This is why hope saves us. This is why it said we're saved by hope. Mm-hmm. A person who is abounding in hope, you possess like a, a superior desire, a, a, a superior desire for spiritual things. You can clearly see them as superior you can clearly see them as certain and, and awaiting you. 
What can Satan possibly offer such a person that's in that, in that fixed position? What can Satan offer a person? If you have your affection set on things that are above, how can you, how can you be drawn away with things that are on the earth? Except your focus isn't fixed. Uh, hope is, is likened to an anchor. Yeah. Now you, yes. You have occasions where uh, it's treacherous and you need to stay in one spot until you can get your bearings and and know how to navigate That's right. dangerous places. Uh-huh. It's it, in a storm. If you're being things are being thrown at you wildly mm-hmm. and you have no control to mm-hmm. to make your ship do what you need it to do. You're overpowered by the, the forces of wind and, and currents and stuff like that. So that, but now hope, what does hope do? We don't have any control over what's thrown against us. There are times in our life when we might be going, like Paul said, having done everything to stand, stand, that's, that's your stance and hope. Everything you can do, you do it. But when it's all done, you stand. What are you doing? You're remaining hopeful in God. You're Amen. not letting go of what God has promised he will do. And you're standing on that. Amen. Amen. The, the, the law could never accomplish such a, such a thing. No. They could never accomplish this. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, one reason is because the promises all under the old covenant only had to do with life in this earth only. Consider the promises given to uh, Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting at verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I have commanded thee this day, that the Lord God shall set thee on high above all nations of the earth, Is it honor among kingdoms of the earth? And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Wherever you find yourself, you're going to be blessed. But see, he was talking about this world only. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. And the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Your, your children will be healthy and strong and happy, and your, and your livestock will be taken care of, and whatever you plant, it'll grow. And see, these are all promises that have to do with this life only. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. You'll have so much that you won't even... You have so much you won't even exhaust it. Your storehouse will even be blessed. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. What protecting you in your traveling, 
wherever you go. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Protection from their physical enemies. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. All the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by thy name, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy ground in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee and the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow see these are promises that have to do with life in this world only and the lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath if thou hearken unto the commandments of the lord thy god and then pretty much after that point the curses begin for if they don't hearken to his now israel never did receive any of those promises even though that they were only in this, in this life only, he, they never did re- enter into the fullness of those promises. Why? For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Hebrews seven nineteen. See, hearkening unto the Lord, obeying his commandments, doing the things that all of that is involved in drawing close to God. That's the remedy, not law, a hope. It's a better hope. God's promises are better promises. They are exceedingly great and precious promises is what we call them. By them, we're actually partakers of the divine nature. It says he's given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, we might be partakers of the divine nature. Second Peter 1, 4. They are promises not pertaining to life in this world only. The hope we, the hope we have is not in this life. Colossians 1.5 says, Hope is laid up for us in heaven. See, Paul was correct when he said, In this life only, if we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Because isn't it your experience that with following Christ, there's suffering involved with that? There's trial involved with that? There's a forfeiture, in a sense, that's involved with that? There's a crucifying of the flesh and laying down of your life that's involved with that? If the only thing we have to look forward to is life in this world, well, we're of all men most miserable. And especially Paul, he, was, he could say that more than any other man other than Christ because of the things that he suffered. But see, his hope wasn't in this life only. 
There are trials and hardships and suffering associated with living for Christ. If there wasn't a better place up ahead to hope for, an eternal place with eternal benefits, then our life can be only trials, hardship, and suffering. See, hope is patient. There's a patience to hope. Like, like we said, there's an enduring aspect to hope. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 calls it the patience of hope. It actually uses that phrase in the, in the scriptures. And not only are the promises better, but we have been begotten unto a lively hope. That we, we have been changed. Yes. We are new creations in which this hope is resonating. It's, 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 it's not something that the old nature could, could receive. The, the flesh can't see the things of God. The carnal mind is enmity with God. Right. There, uh, we, were, we were alienated from the life of God through trespasses and sins. We were in the dark. We were blind. We were deaf. We were dumb. You can't hope for something that you can't see. You can't hope for something that you, can't, that you don't know anything about. See, we had to be made new. And when we were made new, we're, now we're able. When God opened your eyes, now you're able to see the end of your faith. Yes. You're able to see it. It's not as if these promises, these exceedingly great and precious promises didn't exist until Christ died. And okay, now God promised these things after Christ died. It's not like that at all. Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So see, he promised these things before the world began, but see, it, they weren't able to be revealed unto us until the time was right. Now, while under the law, the hope was constrained to life in this world only, but yet the, the, the prophets, see, they, Sister Emily. I just think it's such a blessing that um, God has made this provision of hope because there's really such a small exception of people that have a lot of money or are able to do, you know, so, you know, as far as experiences and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Solomon said he had it all and he said it was vanity. So if life is only about your experiences or the things that you get, how, um, empty you know so we really we have we need this hope yes something a purpose mm-hmm. is something that's better so that we can actually live a life that's um, a fulfillment of what god wants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amen sister jim we have very few examples of this before christ mm-hmm. but we do have a couple that I, that came to mind readily was whenever the child of David and Bathsheba died. He rose up and washed his face and they they were confused. Yeah. Like he here he was mourning when the child could have maybe lived mm-hmm. and now the child has died and with it the hope of that child and here David washes his face and gets up and gets something to eat and they asked him why? How is that possible? He says, well, he'll no more come to me, but I'll go to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, something's got to happen after you die. You're going to go to somebody 
that has passed on before you. And then, uh, of course, there was Job, when he says that he he knows that his Redeemer lives. Yeah. And that in the last day, he shall stand and he'll, he'll see him with his own eyes Amen. and not with another's. Amen. And so if he's, though the worms can consume this flesh, I will see him. And so mm-hmm. there, if, if a person really reasoned on God, you, you're kind of brought to a, a conclusion yes. that, that transcends this world. Amen. But it isn't the natural reasoning of flesh. Amen. So, uh, and like I said, you, we're not like filled with a whole bunch of these sayings. Mm-hmm. Just enough right. to let us know that people of faith, it, they believed in what was revealed to them and they were able to reason beyond. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, Brother Robert. Yeah, First Timothy 1, 1 says, talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Mm-hmm. Amen. So everything we need for life and godliness is already in Christ, mm-hmm. and as we behold him, as, as we search him out, I mean, he, you can't, you, you'll never get the fullness of what Christ is while you're in this life. You, you'll look, you can look and look and look and dig and dig and 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 trust and, and believe. But see, He's bigger than our comprehension. I mean, look yes. at what it took. It just in order for us to understand what we can understand about Christ. I'm talking about. He's the fullness of of God dwells in Him. Amen. So if, if you say, well, I perfectly understand Christ. Are you really saying you perfectly understand God? Yeah. You see, he's big. And so but as much of him as you can understand, as you can walk in, as you can uh, anticipate or be filled with hope. See, this will create, in other words, you'll, you will have the victory. You, you will when you have Christ. When you're beholding him, you are changed into the same image. Amen. In other words, what, what, what was Christ's hope? When he was here, he he hoped. Yeah. He lived by hope while Amen. he was here. But he was he had a commandment from his father to come to lay down his life and to take it up again. So see, his hope, the, the chief hope is that he would not leave his soul in hell. Right? That he would raise him up, and he Amen. did. He did. He satisfied his hope. Amen. And he would and look at that. Now God highly exalted him, set him at his own right hand, and why? Because he. He he is our chief example that hope works. It really does produce what God intended it to produce. Amen. And like you said, Jesus is our hope. And Christ, if Christ is in us, Christ, is Christ in you the hope of glory? Yes. Amen. Right. Amen. Now, what Sister June was talking about with... David was a man after God's own heart. And if you if you read through the Psalms, the word hope is used quite often in in the book of Psalms. So David, David had a desire for God. And because of that, because he he meditated on God's statutes, he had this sense like like Sister June said, he had this sense that 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 there was more to it. There was more to it than was just revealed in the law. And uh, that's a really profitable consideration, Sister June. Amen. <clears throat> the prophets testify to this better hope. 
The prophet Jeremiah said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. That's Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. And the prophet Joel also spoke. The Lord shall also roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So there was this hope that was testified by the prophets. You see, a person who trusts and hopes in God has access to nourishment and sustenance that would otherwise not be possible to a, a stability like Sister June was talking about earlier, this, this anchor has this anchoring effect on you. You know, circumstances that would utterly destroy and devastate and toss other people to and fro, it doesn't have that same effect on a person who is hoping in God. Yeah. It, 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 we, we see the need for strength in some circumstances, mm-hmm. but you've got to think about the drifting. This world... It has, it's a constant current yes. that is against us. And if we if we sleep, and this hope will keep us awake yes. and alert. Amen. If we sleep, we'll be lulled into yes. complacence, and the next thing you know, we've yes. drifted away from the things Amen. that were opinions Amen. of our faith. And we, we're, we're in very dangerous places. Amen. We must have this hope. Yes. Whenever you, and you, you, you pretty much established that. Yes. But if you are, if the scriptures tell you you are saved by something, mm-hmm. that's part of that great salvation you don't want to be neglectful of. Amen. Yes, when, I want to be careful to say that. When I say circumstances, we're not talking about isolated right. incidents. And we're not talking about things that are only negative. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the entire manner of your life, whether you go to work or whether you travel or whether you, whatever you do, wherever you go, that, that just everyday life has a current to it that will lull you to sleep and take you away from the Lord. But see, this, this hope is it keeps you in one place. It like it like it, it keeps you steadfast and, and fixed That's right. and focused. Hebrews 6.19 says this hope is an anchor Mm -hmm. to the soul. And and other people will notice this too. See, if everybody else is going along with the drift of the world and everybody else is going in the same direction and you're standing still, they notice that. Now, they might not be able to know that that's hope in you. Actually, they probably won't know that it's Christ in you. Yes, Brother David? In Ephesians... Six. It has an armor that we put on as a Christian. And then uh, Ephesians 6, 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, the same, some of the same pieces of armor are listed in 1 Thessalonians. And it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8, it says, Let us... Who are the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope 
Amen. 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 So what this does is yeah. we have this hope that we're going to be saved. And it's not just a, I wish it's going to happen. It's, yes. a, it's a firm confidence. Amen. And this will protect our mind. Amen. If we get, uh, if we lose that hope, then our mind can be distracted and attacked. <laughs> we'll have all kinds of confusion. We won't have peace. Mm -hmm. But if we have this hope, then that will keep our minds safe. Mm -hmm. Amen. Salvation. Mm -hmm. Amen. Brother Robert. Yeah, the, uh, there are some doctrines that men have come up with that actually will hinder your hope. Mm -hmm. They put people in a, in a position where actually their salvation is based on their works. Well, see, but then you're back under the law, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and here in, in the scriptures it reads, For the law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did. Yeah. Why? By the which we draw nigh unto God. So yes. how valuable is hope? That your hope, he's given us greater promises than just we'll be wealthy and we'll be, you know, mm -hmm. like you mentioned that already. You, you'll do good in your business or whatever. Yeah, those are good promises for the time. That's what, the best they had. Yeah. But we've been, we've been given a better hope. Amen. Right? Better promises. Why? So that we can draw closer to God. Amen. Amen. Now, those who see those who see this hope in you, mm -hmm. they might necessi not necessarily know that that's Christ in you, yeah, right. but they they may ask you to give a reason for the hope. Mm -hmm. To sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, yeah. and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3.15 You see, we have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that will never fade away. While others go through life with ups and downs in their levels of satisfaction and being tossed to and fro, we can find joy and peace in the same Living in the same place, we can find joy and peace where others would find none. You see, you're fixed and the rest are moving along. Why? We know that God is for us and that all things, even unpleasant things, trials and sufferings are actually working together for our ultimate good. And we will all receive a reward and a just recompense for our labor of love. Sister June. Yeah, uh, there in Nehemiah, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense unless you understand what you're talking about. Amen. Because this hope, even though we are touched by the things that happen here, we, we don't become stones or, you know, robots. And so things, we can't be touched with compassion and we can't have care for... A, a godly care about things and uh, a desire to help and all of those things are present. They don't disappear and we're just like oblivious to everything that's going on around us. We're here to sanctify things, mm -hmm. not, to, not to be encapsulated and drawn into ourselves. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the during a time and trial can be many things to many people. Like you said, they don't always have to appear bad. They just have to be against your faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but in the time of trial, 
when you're feeling your weakness, what hope does is it, it lifts you, it, it connects you with something greater than whatever it is that you're experiencing. Amen. And you don't have to necessarily rejoice in what's happening on the earth, but there's a part of you that can rise up and joy in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can rejoice that you know He's good. Amen. You can rejoice to know that He is working in you that which is pleasing in His sight. That your that your fellowship with Him is not broken by the things that happen on earth. Like Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of God? Mm-hmm. And then he goes into that list of things which are pretty formidable, including things in heaven and death. And I think life is a pretty formidable enemy at times. Mm-hmm. But our joy is in the Lord and the fact that we know we are not forsaken and that His will will be done. Amen. And that we have an expected end. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, the scripture says, with joy ye shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. The things that God gives, we, we're always able to rejoice in those things in, deep in our hearts. And Amen. We can meditate on those things in our mind, and they will strengthen us. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the rejoicing of the hope. We know that the same God who began a work in us mm-hmm. will finish the work. And we know that we can make our calling and election sure by the grace that he gives to remain believing and steadfast and diligent. We are aware that even when we are hated and mistreated and persecuted, even by our own flesh and blood, that God is a righteous judge who shall judge the world in righteousness through the man he has appointed And he shall even cause your foot to be put on the necks of your enemies who will testify to the glory of God. See, these things that are going to happen, even in the judgment, that's part of our hope. Mm -hmm. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You see, when you're in the middle of being persecuted, see how that testifies to your hope? Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. We are aware that our salvation is more tangible and closer and nearer than when we first believed and that we are one day closer to glory and one day less in this present evil world. Your new name is closer. Your crown of righteousness is closer. The wedding feast is closer. The fullness is closer. The likeness is closer. See, all of these things are closer. As you start to think about those, your hope starts abounding. Why? Because you're being filled with joy and peace in believing. See, we look forward to the day that God will be vindicated. We look forward to that day when God will be justified in all of his sayings and all of his doings. So that's what I had today on this on this hope. Does anybody have anything else? Yeah. Brother Marty. I like the way you finished up there with some of those things. See, God has given us our hope. Yes. Not, not just 
that we hope in, in Christ and that Christ is in us. He's given us hope like he gave us to believe. He gave yes. us faith. He, Amen. He's Amen. given us this hope. So our joy is in being able to return out to him. When, when we go, when we see Christ and we, we return to God, which is his, his goal all through eternity, mm -hmm. we are pleased that we have finally been able to give him what he wanted. See, our, our hope is filled when we have fully pleased the Lord, because we mm -hmm. can't do it today in this body. But on in that day, when we fully please the Lord, our hope has been entirely completed. And that's why we live. It's, we live for God. Mm -hmm. We don't live so that we fulfill some selfish desire within us to, to, to have this hope. We live because He will finally be glorified when we make it to His, uh, his throne. Mm -hmm. Amen. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul to that you have given us a, a hope that saves us. Yes. We're thankful that, Lord, that we can live in view of the end of our faith, that there's a forward posture to our faith, that we don't have to be confined and trapped in this present evil world, that our thoughts and our attention and our focus doesn't have to be confined here and shouldn't be confined here. We're thankful, Lord, that you give us grace and that you are the God of hope. And that you, have, you can fill us with all joy and peace and believing. And Lord, we ask that you would do that. We ask that you would fill all believers everywhere, even in this room, with all joy and peace and believing that we might abound in hope, knowing that hope is an anchor for the soul and it fixes our gaze on you and it makes us steadfast and unmovable. Help it, each and every one of us to... Set our affection on things above and not on things of the, of the earth. And Lord, we ask the, the, your blessing this time for our refreshments. We ask that you would bless our fellowship during this time. We are thankful for the things that you give us, Lord. And we look forward to the day when you shall come to judge the living and the dead, the day that you will be vindicated and that you will be uh, shown righteous for everything that you've said and everything that you've done. Even so, Lord, come... And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.